0: Joe, do you ever feel like our relationship is parasitic or might you say malignant?
1: I was about to say, is it, is it, what are we, some kind of malignant? <laughs> Give me a moment's peace and take out the trash. We pay taxes
0: for people to commentate the garbage. Hey, listen, Greenie, no more sneaking ride to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi. Hello and welcome to, to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Caleb, and me, Joe, go to the theaters to see whether or not movies will be hot trash. Joe, what did we see this week?
1: We saw the latest expenditure of James Wan's cinematography skills Malignant.
0: I'm seeing things.
1: I'm seeing murders. As they're happening
0: hello he says his name is Gabriel I think he's someone from my past Happy birthday. whatever happened to you before you joined our
1: family hurt you in a way that I can't even imagine
0: He wasn't the cinematographer. <laughs> He's the director. <laughs>
1: Directorial skills. Malignant.
0: I did recognize the cinematographer's name. Let me look it up real quick. And in the long opening credits of Malignant.
1: It's a solid minute and a half.
0: Which I'm fine with. I'm fine with opening credits like it's, that.
1: It's like a throwback kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I feel at yeah. home here.
0: And, you know, this whole movie is a throwback. Yeah. Okay, a couple weird things. <sighs> oh, that's why. See, at first... His first credits that come up on IMDb are his writing credits, of which he has zero. But then I saw it's because he has one coming out. But then it looks like he's just done a lot of... Oh, he has done all of the recent Conjuring-related movies, like uh, Annabelle... The, the cinematographer. Whose name is? Michael Burgess. Okay, there you go. Uh, so he did Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It, Annabelle Come Home, Curse of La Llorona. All movies I haven't seen, so I still don't know why I recognized his name. But Joe, without going into spoilers, say, what is Malignant about?
1: Malignant is about this lady. Her name is Maddie, I believe. She is having dreams of an evil specter killing people, but she is there with them while the killings are going on, that's about as in depth as I can get without going into spoilers.
0: Yeah. Now we have made reference to *Malignant* before. In fact, I'm just gonna do a little flashback to when we talked about it in our last episode on the Nighthouse. Well,
1: I'm thinking of the next big horror thing come out. *Malignant*. I, there's nothing in that trailer leading it to me believe that it's gonna be a hot trash movie. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They're not doing anything that's inherently like. Goofy. It's, it's your it's your like normal horror trailer, but there's not any weird quirks that are popping out that'd
0: be like, that's just stupid. But I guess what I would say is that if that movie is the opposite of The Night House, The Day House, could that be a movie that we would never think is hot trash, but then we go into it and it is? Yeah, I mean, it could happen. So, I'm a prophet. Because I predicted this. <laughs>
1: like the psychics they talk about in this movie, you're psychic.
0: Yeah, I guess. Malignant was not on our radar because we had seen the trailers. Well,
1: it was on our radar, but it was not in our uh it was not on our watch list.
0: Yeah, because we'd seen the trailers and I, I like James Wan movies. I you haven't seen any, but Saw. Okay, so yeah, you've seen one but you you and you like that one I love saw yeah first saw it didn't seem like an obvious pick and then the response came out yes and joe started getting an itch to see it yes at the same time friend of our podcast Danny Vincent co-host on the Snub Club and guest on our Cars 2 episode he starts texting me really wanting me to see it. Not necessarily for the podcast, just in general. Which, of course, turns on my contrarian mode, and I'm like, no, I won't see the thing that people tell me I'll like, even if they have a great track record.
1: How dare they?
0: But eventually, Joe did talk me into going to see it, and I'm really glad
1: we did. You've said it's going to make a nice companion to our Night House episode, and I, I think I'm with you on that
0: one. With the Night House, goofy trailer, serious, good, well, you know, at least, at least respectable movie. Yeah. Whether or not it ends up working for you.
1: Yeah. And then on this side, pretty serious trailer, pretty by the numbers horror movie trailer, fairly competent. And then the movie.
0: Now, let me say, I think this movie is very competent. Oh, no, the movie's competent. Not what it's trying to be. Yes.
1: Yes. It's not what the trailer would lead you to believe what it is.
0: What would you describe it as? What kind of horror movie?
1: You remember that film we saw on Shutter, Satanic Panic? Yeah. Yeah, it's a sh- it's a straight to Shutter kind of movie, but they gave it a lot more budget than like, what it goes to Shutter.
0: Like the production value jumps up like threefold. Yeah. Ooh, the style on this movie, it's tasty. It's oozing, and I have this with a couple other. I kind of have this with The Conjuring too. I feel like James Wan can combine different decades of horror into making like kind of a throwback. And this is kind of a throwback to like creature features, but with some of the body horror of like a Cronenberg 90s horror film. It is not the like the psychological horror that you think it's kind of setting up. This is just goofy horror. Goofy horror with goofy acting with goofy plot points. With a
1: ton of goof. I haven't seen these movies, but man, I've seen enough scenes from it. It's straight up throwback to like Sam Raimi style of very self-aware horror.
0: Yeah. But once again, looks so much better than all of
1: those. Like this looks great.
0: Yes. There is a shot where she is running through the house and the camera pans up and it like zooms past like does an overhead shot she'll go into one room It's like a dollhouse. Yeah. Some of the rooms are second level some of them clearly the set was built with like extra tall floors it's just really cool. But it opens up in a some type of medical facility which It's like a children's development center is what they call it. Yeah, but you, we don't know Pog what it Orcs is. Hogwarts is what I called it. <laughs> we don't know what it is when the movie starts. Yeah. And there is a child there named Gabriel who we don't see.
1: You see him through like a curtain. Looks he kind looks, of like an alien. Yeah, he's pretty
0: deformed. And Gabriel's having a night out on the town. He is, and by now <laughs> night out on the town, I mean he's killing people.
1: He's killing all of the orderlies. Yeah, and
0: and so eventually they're able to tranquil, tranquilize him, and they're like, "Time to cut out the cancer." He also has electricity p- powers, and then you we, can also
1: talk through the radios.
0: Yes, and then we cut to the modern day
1: present today as it were with maddie madeline whatever her name is and her husband luke from the percy jackson movies Derek, i remember his name because i kept saying it so she's pregnant and has apparently miscarried a couple times handful of times and derek ain't the best husband in fact he's the worst husband he slams her head into the wall of which she suffers a head wound which she continually bleeds from for the rest of this movie
0: yeah we kept being like oh the head wound's coming back oh the head wound's (laughs) back and then eventually we're like oh the head wound matters
1: well it started it started the head wound happens and then you're like that's a lot of blood going on, (laughs) like an intense amount of blood coming out of that.
0: But um, Luke from the Percy Jackson movies ends up on the couch Mm -hmm. and she's up in the bedroom. And then spooky, a malignant
1: force enters the the home. There's some
0: electricity wobbling and whatever. And you're like, oh, this is kind of haunty housey. You see a really nice shot of a blender spinny thing. Check off
1: blender, but it wasn't check off. Yeah.
0: Check off wasn't in this house. (laughs) Uh, But Luke does, as you might imagine, or I'm sorry Derek does die. We just read some Junji Ito comics for our other podcast, very Junji Ito style.
1: Yeah, he's a uh, he's, he's pretty bent up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maddie has a run-in with this which we won't beat around the bush. She has a run-in with Gabriel which is the malignant force. Yes. And she gets knocked unconscious. And then she the-
1: wakes up in the hospital and then we kind of meet the rest of our cast characters. Yes. We meet uh, the police detective, Kakoa, his partner, Regina, and then Maddie's sister, Sandy.
0: Wow, you got all these names down. Yep. And they start investigating the murders.
1: The murders being, this is when Gabriel starts his killing spree. Yes. Uh, Maddie starts having her visions of what's actually going on during the murders. And the mo- for a while, the movie's kind of just jumping back and forth between Gabriel's killing stuff, stuff being people. <laughs> Maddie's seeing Specifically it. Specifically
0: the doctors that we saw at the beginning. Yes.
1: And Maddie's kind of falling apart.
0: Yeah, and piecing things together. Also, there is a woman who looks a lot like Maddie, who gets kidnapped by Gabriel very early on. And we keep cutting to her in an attic. Mm -hmm. Now, I think plot synopsis-wise, we will stop here. And then we will issue a spoiler warning, because this this is a spoiler. But... I, I do want to say a couple of things here. First off, like we said, style out the wazoo and this just never lets up. Great is, shots,
1: great shots the entire time.
0: You know, it's not one of those where there are great shots during the horror segment and then during like the normal Everyday life segments, there's just nothing. And that's because there are no everyday life segments. This is just all horror all the time. It's it's almost like PG thirteen horror though, because they don't really show you too like up
1: close brutalizations of what happens or they don't linger on it for too long. During like the second killing with the lady that gets the trophy stabbed into her head, you never see what happens to her. Like no. you see that she dies, but you see a lot of blood. And you see a lot of blood. That that's what could be in. Oh, well, it has to be R. That's way too much blood for a PG thirteen movie. But it's it's actually kind of tame.
0: It's palatable. Like I definitely get why this has the R rating. Oh yeah. But Insidious is a PG-13 horror movie. And I do not remember anything in The Conjuring that makes it an R movie. I know it is R, but I feel like James Wan, and maybe this is my bias because Insidious was like the first horror movie I ever saw and really dug. I feel like he just makes really good entryways into horror. Even though this has an R rating, young teenagers, like 13, 14, they can watch this and be perfectly fine. Yeah. And of course if your kids have been exposed to other horror and they're younger than that then definitely they can watch this.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not anything that's going to like scar anyone for life, I don't think.
0: I mean, maybe. You just never yeah, know. Yeah, you never you never know with but, kids, <laughs> you know. It's not gratuitous. It's stylistic. It's bloody. Mm-hmm. It's spectacle, but it's not gratuitous. Yeah. The other thing I want to say is it is never just we're going to be in the dark. There are plenty of dark locations. Almost all of these happen at night, all these killings. But you can always see the characters like this is not just dark and muddy these are crisp night shots Mm -hmm. it's great
1: once the camera wants you to see gabriel once they want you to know that he's there he's popping out of nowhere yes but it's not like he's popping out of an absolute darkness of a corner you see him in the background then you see him coming
0: how do you feel like the movie did with the slow reveal of information
1: I was gonna ask you this do you know how long this movie was no we we complain about pacing a lot in this movie this movie was an hour 55.
0: Yeah, no, it didn't feel yeah, like that. No, it
1: felt great. Yeah, everything is coasting along. It's it's revealing stuff to you exactly at the pace the mystery needs to reveal to you. The beats are being hit at the exact moments they need to be hit.
0: Yeah, and I, it's not like this is a super complex mystery no. to figure out, but I feel like it does convey that information well. And because there is so much horror and it never lo- leads up, you never have the opportunity to be bored. Yeah. Anything else to say before we hit the spoiler?
1: No, I think we're, I think we're free to... Check along.
0: Okay, style wise, up until this point, I think people who had gone in wanting what they saw in the trailer would be at least a little disappointed or they would have had to be won over on what the movie is Mm -hmm. because it's very different. This is the breaking point, though. I think this is the point where if you have not bought in yet, you're done and you're probably going to hate this movie.
1: So it is revealed that Maddie came from this child development center after her sister parks on the edge of a cliff to break into it and get the records.
0: I was really thinking that come back, it would be Chekhov's cliff and like she'd have to run back to the car and like it would fall. It looks like something out of a series of unfortunate events. Yeah. Like it's so comedically close to the edge.
1: Maddie is with a, I don't know what she is, like a psychic who's like making her go under a
0: hypnotist. Yeah, a hypnotherapist. Okay, a
1: hypnotherapist. And you're finding out at the same time everybody's like discovering she had this imaginary friend when she was a kid, Gabriel. She was kind of a weird kid, like she held a knife to above her mom at night and would always just be saying really weird things um, and it turns out that maddie and gabriel are one and the same gabriel was a growth parasite of a twin brother that was on her
0: they were twin embryos that didn't fully separate and so he is like professor Quirrell on the back of her head
1: like voldemort on the yes. back of professor Quirrell's head
0: when she is a child and gabriel is a child He even has like little arms and a face and all that. Mm -hmm. It's impressive. Like, I'm not sure if it's animatronic or puppet work or anything like that.
1: It's impressive. It's also really goofy looking, but that's in line with the rest of the movie.
0: Yes, yes. And going back to the Cronenberg or Ramy influences on this. Those were just as goofy. And that's why I like those. Yeah.
1: And it turns out that like Gabriel was a little too sadistic. So they're, they're going to cut out the cancer. And
0: he's stealing nutrients from her.
1: Oh, yes. Yes.
0: So they can't fully get rid of Gabriel because they share a brain, but they're able to take out his arms and like his ribs, I guess, and just kind of push, push the brain in the face and push the brain back into her head. And so when she had her head injury, guess what pops out? Gabriel.
1: (laughs) That is why there's been a continuous head injury. It's not that Maddie has been having visions of the entire thing. It's that Gabriel is is assuming control of her body and she is there for the entire thing. All the killings.
0: Which makes sense because you see Gabriel in action and it kind of looks like he's walking backwards and stuff. Yeah. And... Yeah, he is because he's literally her. This is revealed in a great scene where she's in lockup because they arrested her thinking that she committed these murders, unaware of Oh, Gabriel. and because
1: the what is revealed to be her birth mother fell through the ceiling because she was in yes, her attic. She was
0: the attic. Yeah. She was the attic person. And so she breaks free, or Gabriel literally busts out of her head and like twists her arms and then just kills everyone in this police station. Everyone in lockup, every cop, Except for, of course, our two detectives.
1: In a fight scene that's better than most action
0: movies? Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty wild. Once again, very clear. It doesn't cut that much. And you can see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Gabriel's brought out because while she's in lockup, she, like these two women, one of which looks like she'd be at like January 6th and the other looks like she walked out of like a (laughs) a, a Pam Greer movie or something. They just start beating her up. And that's what causes her to come out. That part's a little weird and a little bit contrived. <laughs> but getting to the actual action scene is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And the action's really good. And she's Gabriel, he, they, everybody's and Gabriel's dead. in control. Gabriel's in control. He's he's killed everybody. You see Maddie's asleep head on the back of her head. <laughs> Sleep face, I guess you'd call it. And Gabriel's on the way to the hospital to kill the mom and kill Sandy, the sister. Mm. And he gets there, kills Kakoa, I guess.
0: Yeah, at least injures him. We don't, we don't quite know. No, we,
1: we never find out. I'm going to assume he's dead. I'm
0: going to assume he's alive. And What you going to do about that, Joe?
1: You can have that opinion. And then Sandy's pinned up against the wall uh, and she's begging Maddie to take control. She can do it. And then Gabriel pops Sandy in the head and then he suffocates the mom to death. Or did he?
0: You find out this is all a vision That Maddie has created because she somehow learned all of the tricks that Gabriel uses that makes (laughs) makes her think that she's just seen these instead of participating in these killings. And so she locks him away in a mind prison. You know, it's very
1: uh, Batman Arkham Knight when Batman's locking away Joker in his mind.
0: (laughs) They get locked away. The film ends with like Maddie asserting control. And Gabriel being like, I'll be back. And she's like, and I'll be ready. And then pans out, you see a little Pixar lamp. And it starts to flicker or you don't even hear. It you don't flicker. even you know. It you just hum. hear you hear a hum, which is because and we haven't mentioned this because it's never plot relevance. It relevant just there for style. Gabriel
1: turns off the lights when he's around.
0: He can. do. Yeah, he can control electricity. I guess it's plot relevant. He, can eat he does, electricity. <laughs> yes. as they
1: say in the beginning. It's like he's eating he the electricity and
0: feeding off the machines. <laughs> he does pop one person's pacemaker. So I guess it is a little bit relevant. But uh, that's a part that I don't understand is any of like the psychic power stuff and the electricity. Where does that come from? Obviously, no, this is realistic, but everything else kind of makes sense. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's malignant.
0: And I loved it. It was great. It
1: was pretty great. I was thoroughly entertained that entire movie. It starts off kind of slow after that the hospital interest scene is great. It's so campy and then it's you know a little meandering. I feel like they're trying to convince you of other things, but you're seeing you're seeing some of these shots and some of these reactions and how people are talking and you're like
0: it doesn't take long for. Gabriel to kill Derek though no
1: but after that there's a little bit of a lull in my opinion
0: it's like when a band opens up with their biggest hit at a concert and then they're like and now for a couple songs off the new album
1: yeah but man it is a ride oh yeah
0: and that's the thing talking about whether or not this is going to be hot trash it's going to be a fun conversation but I'll say in like six years when people have completely forgotten the trailer all those people who are mad at it because of the trailer are going to go back to it and kind of reevaluate it maybe they'll like it maybe they won't Mm -hmm. it's still a very goofy movie I still get people people wouldn't like it.
1: It's not in line with any of James Wan's... Uh The rest of his filmography. No, but I
0: think that's great because it's something different. It's him showing... I was making the joke. It's like I had to work for like 10 years to be able to get to make this goofiness. I made
1: your darn franchise. I made your Aquaman. But here I am.
0: But I guess I'll say that I think there is a lot of fun to be had here. And I think this is the perfect time to ask, is this hot trash or not?
1: Yes. Like the movie that started this podcast, the one of almost the epitome of hot trash.
0: So... There are movies like Sharknado and Velocipaster that are trying to ape off of Mm B-movies, right? And they're just bad because they have nothing else going for them besides them aping off of B-movies. This is not doing that. It is clearly inspired by B-movies through the delivery, through the prosthetics, clearly trying to invoke that. But because there is so much good style and because Juan knows how to direct this goofy delivery, I think this works and it transcends B-movie. It is still goofy enough to be called B-movie. I'm not going to be like, this is like a great psychological horror like I The thought Babadook. You, I,
1: but... thought you said, I thought you said it transcended being a movie, not transcending
0: B-movie. <laughs> this was a transcendence experience. No, I, I think this has gone past b movie and now it's just like really fun horror movie just kind of gonzo crazy everything gets thrown at the wall horror movie but it is so well made that it surpasses like it's b-movie influences that's and, fair. and surpasses like i think Cronenberg fans will get mad at me, but surpasses things like Scanners or The Fly or Videodrome.
1: That is an opinion of yours.
0: I, I thought we would be talking more about this going back and forth. No,
1: but- I mean, I can very see how much it's good. This is not something that I would ever, for my palate of good, where I would come back to. No, this is something I'm going to turn on with my friends and just rail on yeah. the entire time, which yeah. is what is a hot trash movie in my eyes.
0: Yeah, I think the, the big difference here, though, is I could enjoy this movie without friends riffing mm-hmm. on it, Were some of the movies we watched that are hot trash, I think I can only enjoy in that context. Well, we have been just going through a ton of horror movies. And like I said, we weren't going to see Malignant. So we just kind of added one more. Uh, We'll be doing Venom, of course, which is, it's going to be violent. It's not going to be horror. And we are going to be doing- It might be violent. (laughs) And we're going to be doing Dear Evan Hansen, probably, which is its own type of horror. But um, we're probably going to be taking a bit of a sabbatical from horror movies on the podcast for a Hopefully. while. Yeah, just because the summer of horror.
1: Until few January comes around, then we'll be back in full swing.
0: Oh, yeah. All right.
1: Uh, we have an event coming up.
0: Oh, thank you, Joe. I was just going to promote my other podcast, but no, this is the 49th episode. Yes. Which means next week, or whenever we get this episode out, will be the 50th. So before we get to Venom, before we get to Dear Evan Hansen, we're going to get to... Do you want to say it? It's a movie that preceded the podcast.
1: It's it's a but, movie that I think gave us our love for Hot Trash.
0: It definitely is a, is a landmark in Hot Trash Cinema. We
1: have a movie that we've referenced probably a couple times on this podcast. Caleb has gotten hate for his opinions being printed in the school newspaper about being the only person in the world, but there is it's not the only person. I am with him in this, and so are some of our friends. We are going to be doing a live commentary of Suicide Squad 2016 by David Ayer.
0: It's not live. We're not doing this on Twitch Well, anything. no, 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 no. We right will be yeah. doing
1: a commentary for the entire movie. Yes. As our 50th episode.
0: I'm so excited. I love watching this movie, and I have never watched this movie without you, I think. I think we've. I've only ever watched this movie with you. How many times did you see it in the theaters? Twice. I saw it with you opening night and then with Alex and you.
1: I saw it four times (laughs) with you opening night with Alex, uh, with my family. And then with a couple of my other friends,
0: man, I can't imagine. I rewatched this movie on a pretty weekly basis.
1: (laughs) Not a pretty weekly basis, but on like a pretty yearly basis. I love this movie.
0: Last time we watched it was at Halloween party last year. We got
1: to my favorite line and then we were like, okay, I'm out. (laughs)
0: Which, yeah, but I'm so excited for this. This is, like I said, it is definitely a hallmark of our journey with hot trash. So with that, Joe, uh, I will bid you and our audience an adieu. I don't know why I said I'm going to bid you an adieu. You're going to be here when we stop recording. Do you wanna, What's flickering the lights? Oh, no. Zap, zap, zoo. Something's coming out of the back of your head with little velociraptor arms. It's Gabriel. <laughs>